people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast Special Edition. You like that part? That was fun. That one over here? Want me to do was, it again? No, I was doing the number. This is a special edition because. It'd be episode. I'm to think 309? 311. 311. Okay, so I missed a couple. And 311, when we go way back to episode number one, one. this is why we're fla- flashing back and doing a special episode. Because due to circumstances beyond everyone's control, finding a time when all three of the podcast crew can get together this This week week is uh, just extremely, extremely difficult. But But. tonight, Rick Brettschneider and myself, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, Derek McCaw, attended a press screening of Man of Steel. And this flashes back to number one on the podcast Podcast page. Which is uh, Michael Goodson, way back when, and myself saw Superman Returns, and with a little MP portable MP3 recorder, we recorded a five-minute. Uh, Can I confess something? You've never listened to it. No, I listened to it again this morning. So, what kind of confession is that? Besides, no, it's just, it just sucks. A, it was. It was. A, it was. A, we've come a long way. Well, you, there wasn't even a we then. It was really just uh, Michael and myself and a that was and a recorder. It's uh, the, the fanboy crew has <laughs> come fan a long way. Um, yeah, because anyway, uh, and it was months later when Rick Brettschneider uh, showed up with much better equipment than the little handheld. Though I'm grateful to my children, uh, handheld recorder that they gave me for Father's Day. And uh, you had a certain amount of enthusiasm in that first review. I think it was uh, partially because Goodson was still not under control. No, he was never under control. No, he was never under control. Uh, but we, we had fun. You know, we saw Superman Returns. We waited a long time, and then here we are, almost uh, seven, almost seven years later. I think a few days short. A few, and uh, that was six twenty nine. Yes, because I would have had to have the report. At any rate, that little walk down memory lane is not as important as where we are tonight. And we are at the Hyatt in Santa Clara, California. Where we were just a couple weeks ago. Uh, from Baycon, but now we're, we're, in a, we're outside the room. Uh, but we thought it would be quieter than being at the lobby of the AMC Mercado 20, where we saw the screening tonight. And I flash back to the time with Superman Turns, the previous time that uh, Warner Brothers tried to... Uh, Restore Superman to the big screen. It has its flaws. It has its charms. I'm not going to lie about it. Although there are many things that people mock in hindsight, and uh, for Superman Returns of Superman Returns, sure. right? Uh, you know the Super Baby, the fact he was a Super Stalker, the slavishness to which it was a sequel to Richard Donner's work, which I liked for the time. And I really want to get some time this week to go back and watch the original Superman the movie. Because there are things, obviously, that that still holds dear in my in my heart and in my memory. But tonight we face the 21st century Superman, 
not uh, counting Tom Welling, uh, because he never... Although you kind of have to. You kind of have to. Well, the funny thing is, I pointed out to you at some point, that uh, Richard Schiff from... Was he on West Wing? Um, A very well-known character actor. Plays Dr. Emile Hamilton. And at one point, he speaks to a character actor who played Dr. Emile Hamilton on Smallville in the last couple of seasons, who's now playing a military officer, low-grade. And so I just thought it was kind of funny that they had that, that connection to Smallville. But this is the cinematic one. This is the hope that Warner Brothers has of competing with the Marvel movie universe. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises put the kibosh on the idea of that version of Batman being the one that carries us through. And really, honestly, Dark Knight Rises, these, these were not movies that you could feel... Not really compatible. Uh, that you could take... But, but also that you could take the kids to. The marketing was there... But, Did you hear the kid who was in the road just behind us? She must have been like four. No, I didn't hear that. A little iffy on four-year-olds she, for this. I didn't hear her until a scene when someone died. Oh, okay. Well, it was very, she attended very well. Bad parents. But you say that, but I think that we are more aware than most. And the reality is if you've walked into a toy store in the last month, the Man of Steel items and clever, some very clever Man of Steel toys that are very, very little kid friendly. Yeah. And so the, it was. it's easier to, to look at a glance at the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises and say, no child under, under 10 uh, should be seeing this without serious psychological damage being done. Man of Steel is not in that category as far as the way it's been marketed. You know, even Batman toys are dark. They're scary. The villains are scary. I give you that. And what you see in a toy store right now is colorful. So I'm not going to blame a parent for preview screening. After this movie opens up and people have had some a chance to read and compare opinions, I'm going to take my nine-year-old, no doubt, because he really wants to see it. He can handle it. But there is. Um, there are many deaths. This is, I don't think this is a spoiler, this is an obvious thing, is if you treat this film as a first contact film, an alien invasion movie that just happens to be about Superman, and I don't have a problem with that approach. I actually think that makes a lot of sense if you're in a world without a superhero and Superman's the first one. That is what this story is. It is a much more science fiction-y superhero movie. And I really like that because I'm going to start from the beginning and say I appreciated that finally on film I saw a Krypton that while different from the right. comics all the different comics versions struck me as a valid interpretation as a 21st century version of what Kurt Swan used to draw right because you see the different beasts right. of Krypton right and you see you see an ecoculture it actually reminded me a lot of Avatar you know in a drier in a redder way yeah um, Avatar a lot was of green. this movie reminded me of the Matrix fight scene stuff and I knew there was going to be... More than just a fight scene, but I, I won't go into it. Are you saying it's because Lawrence Fishburne's in both movies? No, no. Although That Perry White turns out to be Morpheus? He'd have uh, a small pill in his... He no. did. Um, that, that was just aspirin. Um, so I, I appreciated that. I thought really great that you get to see uh, Jor-El um, actually be a legitimate hero in his own right, right. from the beginning. Um, so and, I liked and, that approach. 
integrating a lot of the weirdness that John Byrne brought to it right. way back uh, in the 80s with his Superman, Man of Steel miniseries, uh, the, the weirdness that he brought to Krypton while still maintaining the organic feel that everybody has kept wanting to go back to because we liked what has happened in the, in the modern modern books because you can't deny the costume, though Zack Snyder denies it, looks very much like what they've done in the new 52 with Superman. I got over it really quickly. I was bothered for a little bit, but once I got absorbed into it as exactly as you say, a science fiction story, mm-hmm. and that you, the costume being very much presented as something that is a, a throwback to Krypton while still having an earthly feel. Yeah. Um, Definitely introduced in the early part of the film before we even see Superman. Right. We're used to that. Whole. Because you see many Kryptonians wearing something similar and it becomes almost ceremonial. Yeah. And, and there are different layers to it. And uh, so I thought that, that was a, re- a really cool touch. I also really appreciated that... Let's see. Is it on record in Podcast Pass where you say, I don't need to see an origin story? Yeah. And it really isn't. It's a first Superman story. The origin stuff... They, they skipped they told, a lot of the a lot of they do what people bit. do. But, yeah. And I, I, I like the structure. I like the structure. It didn't bother me as much as I thought it was going to be. It was flashbacks to why that mattered. But let's get to really fast. Because, the, you know, this is a problem that I actually have with Superman the movie... 1978, if I may flashback to being in Stockton, uh, seeing that at Christmas time with my cousin, and sitting there and watching and going, I really, 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 really want to get to Superman. And that movie takes forever to get to Superman. Which I will give you, this is why I was worried about it, an origin story, because almost all the scenes that are in flashback had been exposed in commercials ahead of time. Almost all, yes. And I assumed that the, the, the actual all content... Back to back. I assumed the content was going to be like two or three times that much stuff. And, and they're really not. And it wasn't. No. There's, there's a few, there are expanded versions of right. what's in the trailer, and they and certainly more make scenes, more... And they, a couple more yeah. scenes, and they make more sense. And But because it's being told out of order in that way, in flashback to his growing up as something sort of ties in thematically to what's happening to him now as an adult... I liked that structure, including the developing attitude of Jonathan Kent, seeing it at different times. Yeah, because we have some forwards. concern about we, the initial, and it's still and there. It's still there, but in context. So there are things that I have my problems with as a Superman purist, but as a film, if I can step back and look at the storytelling of that, this is a good movie. It's not great. There's a couple of things with it that I'm still going to be wrestling with, and I don't want to go. I want I wanted to with. compare Uncle Ben with John, this Jonathan Kent, and I'll, I will do it very, very succinctly. Uncle Ben is predestination. You have great power. You must use it responsibly. Everything about and, this film and is, his is, is you have has a your freedom of choice, and he's saying I'm not going to influence you. Which goes right back whether to Iron Giant. Whether you end up using this for good or bad, this goes back to Iron Giant. You are not a god, okay. and if you've seen the Iron Giant, have you seen the Iron yeah, Giant? Yeah, I've seen it. And of course, the, the Iron Giant chooses to be Superman, so it's an appropriate yeah. comparison, and, and that is the theme. It is you have a choice, and because I, I was thinking about this, why more than any other superhero does Superman? get to me as a father and when I look back at Birthright the Mark Wade graphic novel talking about how uh, you know that is a very big concern throughout that about father and son Jor-El, Jonathan, 
and Superman. And I think unlike all the other superhero origins where he's lost, they've lost parents, is um, that it is the parental sacrifice. Uncle Ben certainly would have sacrificed Peter for Peter, not for sacrificed Peter. Peter <laughs> sacrificed himself for <laughs> Peter if he'd had to. Yes, but it's an accident. Yes, Bruce Wayne's it's parents. A tragedy. Bruce Wayne's parents are a tragedy. Right. Jor-el knows that he cannot escape his fate, but sacrifices himself, and in this film even more clearly so, yes. for his son to go on and. I don't think it's... To have a chance and not to be burdened with the decisions that they had made. Yeah. And that was, that was the other yeah. clear thing. So, I mean, I think that as a superhero story, Superman is a clearer... A parent could, can identify with that is the choice you'd make. It is kind of like the, uh, the Tales of Krypton, which they've actually just started up again in Superman magazine. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in those, it was obviously... They were trying to tell a story of Jor-El... And show how Jor-El was the the man before Kal-el and before Clark, right. and he had a lot of the same. Which I think is really, which James aspects. Robinson really started in Starman because Starman went back in time in Krypton and teamed up with Jor-El as a young man, yeah. and that is one of the many moments, by the way, in the Starman series. If you'd like to cry every four <laughs> or five issues, um, no, because it really was one of the moments when then Jack Knight makes it back to Earth. And Superman comes up and says, "You met my dad. What was he like?" And you know that's, and, which is a thing that Birthright deals with yeah. is, is that chance. And early on, Russell Crowe, who I think is a great choice. Originally, I was like, eh. "I had a little trouble with pronunciation." Well, Some I, of his I lines am, are muddled. I am curious as to why, on a, on a homogenous society like Krypton, so many different accents, <laughs> yeah. including. That Zod is very American. Oh, yeah. And he has his very own Kryptonian Nazi scientist. Well, he, he, so he, there are things that are silly. Do you watch Do you watch Boardwalk Empire at all? No, but I know he's on that. He's, he's a character in that who's not too far off from oh, no, being I, Zod. You know, and he, and, and he, is a, a, he is a really good actor. And he's a, uh, um, yeah. a very great, different take on Zod from the very iconic... Terrence Stamp, and if you saw right, on, on right. Smallville the season that had Zod, yes. it was really clear that that actor was you could see that actor growing up to be Terrence Stamp, basically. Yes. And this is, no, this is a very different Zod. I don't mind that. I just wished there was, since you have a British actor, Henry Cavill, playing Clark Kent with a Kansas accent, right. then Russell, push it. But what I liked about Russell Crowe is, is the choice is He's an actor to me who always looks like he has a very, very deep sadness to him, which is why he was kind of a joke to me as Javert. That uh, in Les Mis, he's he's just he has this Javert always looks like he's going to cry, but here it's appropriate because Jorel is constantly living and then holographically he's, with he's doomed with he knows the doom doomed. with the doom and yeah. what's he and what he's going to do, but he gets his chance. So really, really nice choice there, uh, and I I do think that Michael Shannon makes a very interesting Zod. Um, and a lot of justification for Zod. A very different. Terrence Stamps was just evil for its own sake. At times, his his argument is pretty compelling. Well, and that makes it yeah. a good story. So as a Superman, I'm sure there are Superman purists that are going to have problems with this film, but as a science fiction story, I thought exactly that. It really is a compelling. It just happens to have a character we recognize as Superman yes. in the midst of it. You 
And so, really, let's, and, let's debunk some of the myths about the movie that, that there have been rumors okay. early, early on, there were, not early on, but lately in the last couple of months, there were rumors because that, the trailers purposely do leave it vague that Krypton still existed, that it didn't actually blow up. No, that's absolutely they not have correct. a different approach to the Phantom Zone, but it is still the Phantom Zone. Yeah, it's not the one we've been, we've lived with. But and we're still after watching the movie. I'm still not quite sure how it works. I'm not positive. There are a couple of places where I, I still, where I feel like it's it's false science. There are cheesy elements that are there because come on, they're gonna be, and, and I'm not saying that it's a defense of it. I that's why I say it's a good movie. Yeah, it's not a great movie, but there are things that I really really enjoyed about it. I enjoyed the the action. I. As appropriate, um, I, it was it was a shaky, uh, slightly shaky cam movie all the way through, like almost handheld. I am getting tired of that, and and I thought that that was, it's almost a reaction to the Marvel stuff to try and make it look more artistic or or give you a more personalized feel for it. I think. Yeah, well, I think it's that, that it necessarily Zach Snyder works. is a, is a visualist. I mean, you know, and there are things that again really really uh, liked about that the, the subtle touches the. Going to um, the boat out there, and that's and that is the dangerous shot. catch part. Yeah, the dangerous catch, and it's and, and it's it's beautifully shot. Yeah. And but I will also say because there's a problem in Superman Returns, uh, I think that in the 21st century, 2013, we all understand that most of us take Superman for a Christ metaphor. We no longer have to show the crucifixion pose. Over and over and over. This is in the commercial too. There are this even the small children. In the water you're talking about. There are floating in water. He's out in space and does it. Yeah. Which he did in Superman Returns. And it's like at this point, there are small children who walk in, and there might even be children who are not Christian who walk in and go, "Oh Jesus," because. <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be repudiating Christianity. No. I'm just saying. That imagery is overdone. Yeah. And it's overdone in this movie. And and, and so I, I've i got that issue. But they're, they're minor quibbles. It's like, okay, now you're getting into what would I have done? And it's, and it's not. I, again, I loved that dangerous catch thing. That was beautifully shot. Some of the flashbacks were just perfect. And the, integra- and the interplay between uh, Kevin Costner, who is... The only potentially better Jonathan Kent is John Schneider because seriously, I, I think I would still give the award to Schneider. On, seriously, on Smallville, yeah, he was a better Pa Kent than that show deserved most of the time. Yeah, yeah. and I'm surprised to still say that. I it's, still feel that that he was absolutely the best. Lois Lane, Amy Adams. Great, but there's funky a, without being spunky, annoying. But there were a couple of silly things, like how she finds her way on the ice at Up the into beginning, the cliff. where <laughs> we're going. Okay, I'll get that it was a dangerous cross at this point, but how she got to that point? Yeah, it's like is where ridiculous. The yeah, you know, but so that's a silly kind yeah. of a, but spunky in a movie way that probably a real reporter wouldn't do, but believable within this context, right. not over the top, and. Um, again, the only other Lois Lane that I believed is a match for a cinematic or television Clark Kent was Erica Durant on Smallville, eventually. Uh-huh. Though that Lois is still played stupider than she should have been. 
and this Lois Lane is exactly as smart, and I mean that in a positive way. Yes, as, she is as, as she smart as she should be. Yeah. And there is no pretense. And from the way the story tells it organically, it's absolutely right. There shouldn't be that pretense. I think they had just the number of other supporting cast uh, characters to recognize. I didn't need yeah, to see a Jimmy were, Olsen. Well, you got Jenny Olsen. She is listed as Jenny Olsen. Oh, is she? But well, that's it the intern? Yeah. Dark-haired intern? But it doesn't matter. Yeah. He calls it, Perry White calls her... Lombard? Steve Lombard. Steve Lombard's the, in it, too. Yeah. yeah. So, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I actually, I appreciated the nod to Steve Lombard because the guy playing him, though looking nothing like no. any no. portrayal of Steve Lombard he ever... He looks much more like a sports reporter. But I thought his attitude was very Steve Lombard-like. Yes. In, in you know, and so when the chips are down... Doing the right thing, yeah. which I think is very crucial, is this is setting up. If Superman is going to side with humanity against his people, are we worthy of that trust? Really well done from that from that standpoint. So, yeah. I, I, again, I got some, you know, I've got some issues, but uh, the uh, I don't want to spoil anything. I, we're not. I don't think we're going to spoil anything by saying, of course, we know we see almost all of Superman's powers. Never seen the heat vision done so well. The heat vision was awesome. You get the little veins at the corner of the yes, eyes when yes. they start flaring up. That was cool. Uh, and super speed. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, which I, I think I figured out because my problem with that was they used it so much. And they used it really effectively in battle. Oh, yeah. But I think what, what it was was they'd have these massive bursts of acceleration and have to stop when they actually threw the punch or whatever unless they went right through something. Yeah, but there so, was still... Force, yeah, you know, and that's the thing. And I think Flash, w- Flash would be more fluid. I mean, you, because yes. because the Flash power is not just super speed. He's able to think through things right, faster, right, right, right. Super speed. and so he'd be doing more things along you know, the way. And, and so let's get this is not a spoiler. I think it's it's very clear. But like a comment you made at the end of the film is, "Boy, Zack Snyder hates, hates Metropolis. Metropolis." But again, the consequence is, it's a big. If I might say, post nine eleven. If you see this as an invasion film, there are going to be consequences. And you look back at the fight among Zod, Non, and Ursa. Here it's Zod, an unnamed hulking Non-like figure. Yeah, who we never and actually Fiora see. Al-Hul. He actually disappears back onto the ship. We never actually yeah. see well, him. Well, it's again. okay. It's dealt with. I mean, you can yeah, assume yeah. it is. But and Fiora Al-Hul. Instead of Ursa, it's actually the character from the comics. Um, which is is That's really nice cool. Nod. I appreciate yeah. that nod, serving the same purpose. But that fight in Superman two was limited to Times Square. It's on a it's on a stage. It's, it's on, on a, a small set. little version. And this is, well, this is probably on a green screen. Uh, this is world computer, spanning. But this literally is literally world spanning. But this yes, and, or, or at least city spanning. At least you get a sense of the scope of Metropolis. And then Metropolis is no more. Um, <laughs> you know, in that fight, he goes pole to pole. Yes, at some point, yes, yes, yes. So it's big, and yeah. and it, and it and it should be um, because now the, the fight scenes were awesome. I mean, there's there's there was a maybe a little bit too much of the long run up to an impact and the two imposing forces coming to an impact and really to no effect because they're all Kryptonians, right? Right, but but there's devastation on either side as a result of that. Yeah, and and part of it is you know yes, uh, here we are trapped as humans in the midst of a fight between two aliens, and then you know who do we choose? 
or or do we fight them both? And that's and that's very clearly answered. So I I, I thought probably the best David S. Goyer script I've ever seen brought. If he truly did write it on his own, that's the best one he's ever, ever, ever brought done. all the way to brought all the way to fruition. Yeah. yeah. Because I usually have a problem with it. It's like he's got great ideas and he executes them sometimes very weakly. Um, again, so another myth to dispel. Let's just say honestly, I don't think this is a spoiler. I just don't want people to be like disappointed as they're watching. This movie makes it clear Warner Brothers has no idea what they're going to do next. Yeah, I think so. By the time you hear this podcast... Warner Brothers may have made a snap decision as to what they're going to do next. They're probably, well, but, but they've made those decisions four or five times now. Right. Yeah. Within the film, there are clearly seeds for where you could go next. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and do we want to hold on a second? Let's wrap our general review of this. Okay. And then we'll give a spoiler warning, and then we'll get into the stuff that okay. that people might be upset. So okay. we're going to continue talking for a little bit more and just kind of wrap up the well, regular then, review. Well, then it's easy to just wrap up. Yeah. Is I think this is good. I think it's a movie that already, in licensing alone, has already made its money back. Yeah. But I think uh, you are going to enjoy it. You're going to have a good time. I have a feeling that my friend Jordan Rosa... J. Dobbs Rosa on the uh, on occasional contributor Fanboy Planet is going to hate this film, um, but because he's hated every every Superman that's not tied to Richard Donner's vision, okay. and that's okay because that's his. I'm in a, I'm in a different I'm in a different place. I recognize that each time has a, it needs a new one, and if you're going to if you're going to acknowledge if you're going to pretend that Superman is appearing in the world for the first time in 2013. This is a logical re-envisioning of Superman for 2013. Totally agree. I, our friend Nate Costa, who unfortunately couldn't uh, be here tonight because right. we had a limited number of people, um, is going to go see it Friday night. I'd go see it again Friday night if it wasn't so late. I'll probably go yeah, see it again. He's going late Friday night. I, I, I did know not expect. Take, I know I'm going to take my son this weekend. I did not expect that I was going to say that I was going to go see this movie again probably within a week. Of the but I, I, I would enjoy it. I will enjoy I will. it within a week. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, there, that's the wrap-up of the non-spoiler part. Okay, you've been warned now. Now you are now we're going to talk about things that you can only know if you actually so see So, the spoiler movie. things. The spoiler things. Very clearly setting up, there is room... Well, very clear to Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor, yeah. He's ready for And I appreciate Not that they Not by anything it. other than seeing signs that say and Lex Luthor like all over the place. I like that. Yeah. I, would, I would rather not, except, as we were talking... Here's why I would say it's clear that Warner Brothers has no idea what they're doing next. There is no post-credit scene, which is the hallmark of the Marvel movies. Right. If they were competing, if they were trying, you know, they could they could be saying, "Well, that's the hallmark of the Marvel movies. Our hallmark is good movies." That's what you'd say if you were the VP of War- uh, Warner Brothers in charge of this. Sure, but you're, you're an idiot. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, because because people enjoy those final because scenes. Because Pirates they, of the Caribbean. Does it Disney? They, oh, what they do is they set up anticipation for the next movie before you even left the movie. James Bond and, movies. Oh, yeah. James Bond will we'll return, return in yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so you could have shown Lex Luthor reading the paper and given, a, and you could have cast somebody who was going to be. I you know I wouldn't. But even, they weren't sure that it was going to work. It's throughout the whole movie. We do not have a Clark Kent. There is no Clark Kent secret identity as... Which a, I thought was which, a brilliant which choice. Which was 
absolutely fine. And the fact that Lois knows I his identity. I didn't early think on. I was going to I didn't think I was gonna like that. Yeah. But I do. So they save the reveal of him going into the Daily Planet for the last bit of the film. That could have been saved as the postscript. I think that I, would, I would have been fine with I'm that. I'm glad they didn't. No, because what I'm looking for in the postscript is, is a hint of the next thing. But thing. They have, we already know they have no idea. Right. But I'd like to have something that says, we'd like to give you a little bit more. One more thing. This Steve Jobs, one more thing. There's room for... Because if you didn't have that, you'd be going, yeah. so what about Superman? Is he going to just be room this for wandering Lex. nomad? There's room for Lex. Yeah. There is the possibility, I'm not saying I'm right, there is a setup for a technology that could very well be Brainiac. either Brainiac yeah. or the Eradicator. Um, yeah, I think Rad- Eradicator would be a little bit strange to bring back. I, I, well, nobody's ever done it cinematically. Yeah, but Brainiac serves the same function, so it's it's. Man, I loved I loved you know. There's there's a there's um, what is it? Although, uh, and, did you ever but, read but The Diamond you, Age by you, Bruce Sterling? No, you actually asked me that before. Okay, it's part of the part of the. But, part of that is it's a steampunky yes, future is, yes. novel, but part of it is they never developed cathode ray tubes or any kind of display technology. Instead, they have these 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 steam driven uh, nanotechnology things, and much like what the Kryptonian I love this imaging, movie. The I, 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 I got to put that in my written is that it it what I loved it was mythic. in a very subtle way. It called back to the Fleischer films. Because it oh. was Art Deco. It was Art Deco, you're right. It was Art Deco, and it was going back to... And that's the Kryptonian display but technology. moving so subtly moving and, and But it was all... But you know, and the other thing is, you have no Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. But you got everything that would be in the Fortress of Solitude in this diorama right. that plays out. That told him what he needed and to know. And so I really thought that was a really cool touch. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. But did you catch who the voice of the Brainiac technology was? No. Carla Gugino. Why do I know that name? Uh, Silk Spectre from Watchmen. Oh, uh, from, okay. You know, so, I mean, as Zack Snyder regular, essentially, really. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. in Sucker Punch, too. Um, which, sadly, is like a movie that I, I'm going to go back and watch again because I, I feel like have I missed something? Sucker Punch? Yeah, I know. And we, we saw it and was like, no, we didn't miss anything. But, you know, it's getting a lot of change. But as a visual stylist, Zack Snyder's there. But so there's the possibility for a Brainiac who could be female. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that change. Um, Lex Luthor. So you're saying basically the Kryptonian technology that might still be there in fragments. Has been stuff. used in. And, yeah. and, and this is, you know, and I want to say, because I was really flashing back to this. Uh, Which is more like a Brainiac from Smallville. Yeah, but it's the Brainiac in the animated series, too. Okay. In the animated series, that was what was treated. And what I was reminded of, um, I still think, this is not my spoiler, this is my recommendation. If you have not watched the Bruce Timm animated series of Superman, the solo, which he himself seems to be unhappy with in reviews, but he did the best discovery or acceptance of his powers hmm. that, th- that there has ever been on film, which is that young Clark Kent feeling funny, knowing that he's different, but not sure of what the limits of his powers are. There is a gas station explosion and there is a young child trapped in a burning motorhome in the midst of flames, and he rushes in 
to save the child, not positive that he's that gonna, he will survive uh, it. Yeah, that's a good one. And that is to me, it comes that's close in this film. It comes close in this film yeah. in a couple of places, really. At the, as the, the young Derek one. fire, the oh yes, I'm, I'm not to name no the thing. oil the oil Derek fire yes um, no I mean by that point he knows who he is right right but right. the but, who, but the, the but anguish the, but the, the young actors who play who who play Clark Kent at younger ages yeah and even Henry Cavill playing the teen Clark this is a Clark that makes some of the same dumb decisions that the Clark from Smallville did that was driving mm-hmm. purists crazy but that's as much as I wish it were otherwise, that is a very realistic portrayal of a kid. He says a couple of devastating things that a teen would say. And we didn't, I mean, in standard Superman lore, lore minus Superboy, the series, yes. we didn't really get that much depth in him growing up other than the kindly couple and uh, being taught the right things. No, the high, things, have been fill, things yeah. were filled in. They were filled in, in, they were after, filled in later. After the fact. Um, but yeah, so th- this that um, there's no setup. I- again, I would love to have seen some hint if if they had a clue that you could have even shown like Superman flying by. I-, I I miss these. I miss the capper. This is the other thing is I like the ending of the film, but I miss the capper from the Donner films of Christopher Reeve, in this case, be Henry Cavill putting them. Um, well, no, just flying by the earth and smiling and saluting at us, um, yeah. you know, and that Batman started to the Tim Burton Batman's like experimenting on the gargoyle, experiment, yeah. ex- experimented with an ending, uh, an iconic image, and that could have been a post credit thing if you had had Superman flying by and the bat ears had come up, something where you know that's going to happen, right, right, right. That would that would have said, even if this movie had sucked, if it meant there would be no further. That Warner Brother had some idea in place without spending a lot of money because you already promise. have the bad ears. A little promise, a little of, promise. And even if it never happened, which it now will, is even if it had never happened after that, you'd say, "You gave me that promise, and that was cool." And fans could have taken that. You could have shown. Uh, there's a movie going audience that accepts if you show the glowing ring that there's a Green Lantern on this right, world. Right, right, right. Although, as you and I were talking, there's no way that the Ryan Reynolds, Hal Jordan no exists way. in this universe. It, or rather, exists before this film. Right, right. Ryan Reynolds could come back as Hal Jordan, but we'd have to say that the events of Green Lantern all happened after, after this film. After this did. Yeah. And, which then doesn't make sense because there are other, you know, yeah, so... It's, it's just a mess. So I would agree I would that say, if they go to Justice League, let's go back to the George Miller plan, yeah. put Common as Jon Stewart or somebody else as Jon Stewart, yep. and let it be Jon Stewart. Yeah, um, I think that'd be the right thing, and it gives you diversity in the Justice League. The, the big, big spoiler here, and I, I was disappointed... No Mr. In, Mixes Pulick? No, I was disappointed in the resolution of the battle between Clark and Zod. Okay, big, big spoiler. This is Do not listen further. Um, this is, this is the end of the Subscribe to movie. us on iTunes. <laughs> uh, listen to us on the Stitcher app. This is my problem. Hang up now. Okay, you're still with us? Yeah. You've seen the movie. Write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com and share your opinion on this. This is my problem with the movie, and that kept me from truly giving Getting, over to loving yeah. it, is 
There's nothing clever in that end. Zack Snyder, or while well, I said this was Goyer's best script, it still takes an easy way out yeah. that I think is counter to Superman. But I was thinking about this. In the Richard Lester cut... We have to say it. ...of Superman 2... Yeah, I'll get there. Okay. In the Richard Lester cut, the implication is, really, Superman does let the three Kryptonian villains die. Yeah. Okay? In the Richard Donner cut, there is an implication, though not specifically said, that out of nowhere... There is a law enforcement agency that has them locked up. Because you see paddy wagons basically driving away yeah, from the Fortress yeah. of Solitude. That'll work. Okay. Well, no, because they've lost their powers. I know. But, so in this one, I understand. John Byrne in Man of Steel, or, or I'm sorry, in the, pre, in the post-crisis version Mini of series. Superman... Did go not in the miniseries, but when he uh, Superman went to the pocket universe and the and Zod and Fiora and Non had killed just about everybody. Wow. He executed the Kryptonian villains, and for a long time in the comics, that was this shadow, weight on him. this weight on him that he had killed, and it seemed really small. Um. That in this, although maybe personal, and I can see I can see arguments on the way. It's a personal thing that Superman can't stop Zod from having destroyed so much of Metropolis, but he can stop him from killing these four specific people right. by killing Zod. But I have, so I have a problem with that choice. But my further problem is that we don't really get to see the weight. He screams. Right. Lois Lane walks up. She hugs, hugs his him. head yeah. and says, "It's okay, baby." And the next scene, that I'm putting on the glasses and I'm, and I'm going to be well because it does yeah. change the. I, yeah. One thing I like about the, the movie of it is, is it changes the dynamic of Lois yeah. and Clark. It's great. Right. But we don't see the consequence, and I think that's a shallowness of maybe not. A, I shouldn't even blame Zack Snyder. I think that's a shallowness of what studio execs think. An audience wants right is is holy crap, Superman killed right, and you know this was a thing that I that I appreciated back to Nolan's Dark Knight that Batman wouldn't, and that Superman, if indeed Superman has seen that there is no choice left, none, then I want to see that way on his soul. Or to also reach the conclusion, I really had no choice. Right. I want to see that. To save the four people in the museum from being potentially burned. And then, but there would have been more. You know, and then I realize it, that, but it and, is brought down to... It's the final straw after, after so many straws. Right. But um, even before that, so why did Zod shed the armor? Was it pure hubris? Did he... Did he say? I'm I don't think the armor was giving him any. Ex- oh yes, here's what I say: pure, uh, pure hubris. Okay. Proof that because he had said this, because he says something about where did you I learn was, to control you your senses? A, yeah. Where did you learn to control your senses on a farm? Where, where did you learn to fight? 
I was no, born he to says, war. No, he says control your sen- control your senses. Okay. I've been trained to hone my senses because that was getting point was getting made subtly is there's Zod right, he right, is right. learning to control on the fly. Right. Where we've seen Superman grow up for oh by the way, there's another Christ thing. 33 years. Now he's been 33 years on this planet. Oh, for God's sake, everybody gets it. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, but, but he's been, but, so I did get that Zod was like, this is the warrior's honor. I'm going to defeat you on exactly your terms to prove he is better than Kal-El at handling those powers. So we've already seen both of them punch the living hell out of each other. Yes. Without really raising a f- one facial bruise, right? All of a sudden, he can do the right. Bruce Lee neck twist to kill him, right? Not only did I have a problem with him killing him, but I had a problem with believing that after the number of buildings, sky, you know, skyscrapers, yeah. mountains, fire, asteroids, you know, spaceships that they've gone through, that all of a sudden he's able to just turn him off. Yeah, I, I I think that that I, was... I, I thought it was... And, and you know what... Okay, again, assuming you're listening this far, we assume you've seen it. The problem I have I had was, as cool as it was to see a one-on-one, you'd sucked everybody else in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. Give me one last Zod. No! End. End that threat. I don't... I didn't need the final confrontation between Zod... Or, uh, oh, you're saying he could have he could have just with, been sucked in back in the Phantom into the Zone with us. with Fiora, yeah. with everybody else. Again, get the thing you got to have the mono a mono. Yeah. Then then come on, be a clever writer, figure out a way that the wormhole opens up again. Right. Put him back in the Phantom Zone. Or there has to have been something introduced earlier. They didn't introduce kryptonite, and I thought that was going to be an obvious thing. Uh, well, have, I thought there was an interesting a, thing with the, the atmosphere, with the Kryptonian atmosphere. Not a bad, not a, not bad, a bad one thing, but, but I mean, you know, it's, yeah. Give me something like that. Give me Kryptonian atmosphere. Like there's a chamber. Yeah, they oh, both for, go oh, into it. Oh, for God's sake! You've got this hologram of Jarrell that is plotting three or four steps ahead of yeah. of him. Why not that extra thing? Okay, let's let's. And why does poor Lara not get a, a moment with a hologram? No. What mother is not going to want to talk to her son? Through, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was a Saturday Night Live sketch. I the, should say. The, the scenes where Jorel is hopping ahead. Yeah. Of Lois and Clark, actually. I, 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 I like part. that. I, I like that. But did it remind you of any particular movie? Uh, no, it wasn't. Zardoz. Oh God, no! When, when he's trying to lead him through the library, you know what? I really, I, I saw Zardoz once, and I and that was so bizarre. I, I was totally looking. How at many that times a, have you seen Zardoz? Oh God, I've seen it tons of times. Yeah, I knew that. See, I'm a much bigger Sean Connery fan than you are. I don't think that's about I, fandom. I think there's something wrong deep in <laughs> your heart. Yeah. Um, so Great yeah, movie. but we're back to Man of Steel. There are that that is an issue I have, and an issue that I'm going to have to have a serious conversation. This sounds like I'm taking you know, but I do take this seriously. Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, a serious conversation with my son afterwards as to do we think that that was, regardless of as a writer, there should have been yeah. a way out. You say, son, if you're a writer, no, you're a writer. but 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 now but facing that, 
kid is the morality of Superman. Yeah. Does that compromise it? I can see. The point is, look, Zod isn't going to get rehabilitated. This is like people's question with right. the Joker. He killed thousands oh, yeah. of people Had in Metropolis. I, Had I mean, to have. He couldn't have evacuated the city in that much time. And, and no, when you see Superman get punched through an apartment building, you got to say, oh, there are about 100 people that just got killed in that. Yeah. And buildings collapsing. I mean, and that's the oh, thing yeah. is, you know, so I can see, because the other thing I'll, I'll, I'll say is I think this movie is going to do gangbusters business, and here's why. It is very clear in a way that at the time of Superman Returns, we want a, that we didn't want. I mean, Superman Returns did well. Yeah, that's a myth that it didn't. It did. It did well. It didn't do well enough to where Warner Brothers wanted it to be. This is going to because I feel now more than ever the economy's in the toilet. It's getting a little better. We don't often get too political here, but these are just stark realities. The economy's in the toilet. I don't care who you're blaming. We want a Superman. And I have never been, in a, and I'm talking even including going to Dark Knight screenings I, and Avengers screenings and Marvel Superhero. I have never been to a screening where I have turned around and seen so many people of so many different shapes, sizes, Races, walks of yeah. life, creed. Well, I don't know about creeds, but colors, everything. Yeah. Wearing Superman gear. Yeah. It is really clear that every almost everybody we were in this theater with mm-hmm. was a super fan tonight. And when I say a super, those people, those are your average Joes. Those aren't. Those people were standing in line for. Oh yeah, three or four hours before the movie. That's would not, they? and that's not that. What I'm saying, that's not including Nate Costa getting ready for ten twenty on Friday night. Right. Um, I better not say the place just in case people are stalking Nate. But you know, uh, that's not including that. That's the pe- that's these people that are so jazzed that they got tickets to Man of Steel. They're showing their part. I saw a guy wearing the Superman costume in line. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody with the with the Doomsday S, the bloody as my son calls it, the bloody Superman. Um, and he strikes a chord. We need him. Um, we want him. I was listening to Kevin Smith say that is that you know the why we like superheroes is the idea that even at your darkest moment. There will be somebody to save you. And I love that they touched on the S meaning hope. Oh. And that's the thing. I wish I, I wish I had more time to write all the articles in my head, the commenters that I want to. It's one of the things why I think Superman is important to me, and my son says it's a father-son thing, is that we know as people we've screwed up. And I know that there is a figure, at least in Western culture, who stands for hope that Superman is 33 and keeps, you know, <laughs> but as, but let's say as fictional characters who have, let's face it, more exciting narratives, and <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend you, but, but that I know, as a father to my son, I have made mistakes, my life is full of screw-ups and mistakes and things where I have made bad choices I'll, t- I'll own up to that but you have a character like Superman who you hold up as he always makes the right choice, even when it hurts. Right. Even when it's it's a very difficult thing to do. And Scott Snyder, the writer on the new Superman Unchained book that's, that comes out tomorrow, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to it because Scott Snyder gave an interview and said everybody in the 
and I'm going to say, probably including Jeff Johns, everybody gets Superman wrong right now. Because Superman doesn't need anything. Superman, as the pure ideal, is exactly all you need. Everybody around him can be corrupt. The, true, the really good writer makes it interesting that there is this shining blue Boy Scout who will not be corrupted, who will not be weakened, to be hope for us. You know, this is such a strong character and such, such a, a pronounced demonstration of how strong the character is, both from, both from his own character and his powers. Yeah. And he's going to be really tough to write in a Justice League movie. Yeah. Mm, but I think it can be done. I think there's I, a I, distance. I hope it a, can be done because I'm looking forward to it. Because I want to see Justice League movie. And the other thing that I think back is, you know, and this is a problem because I, uh, I missed up still thinking about Christopher Reeve's death. Uh-huh. Because Christopher Reeve embodied that character so well. There was one so well. He and I'm gonna a lot give, like Reeve. And I'm going to give Henry Cavill. He does, to me, doesn't look like Reeve, but he got the right things I there was a moment of experimenting with flight where there's pure joy and that that's what Superman takes joy in I really dug that moment and I thought yes okay because I've already read these online reviews where people are saying oh he's dour it's airless I'm like no he's not you just have this we just don't get many moments where Superman solitary he doesn't have anyone to share things with with. until you know with, with, with Lois yeah um but you know I, who does come across? I, 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 I we're extending this, but I don't think I don't think we're we're, we're uh, I don't think we're necessarily we're out of things. Yeah, um, the military comes across really well in this movie. I I would agree with that, I, and because I think that's I, a big change for this type of movie. Usually I, they're just they're just patently ineffective and misguided and making the wrong decisions. Christopher Maloney in particular. Um, yeah. I really, really thought um, Maloney playing whatever character, whatever colonel or general they made him, um, you know, really becomes a major character and has an arc yeah. and carries through. And I, and I would agree. And that decision, um, you know, Superman's engaging with them. And it, it all makes, it, it, again, from a science fiction story standpoint, it made a lot of sense. And there is honor. Because Maloney at one point, you know, like, again, okay, spoiler territory, but you're already here, so you're listening this far, when uh, Zod demands Lois Lane. Yeah. And Maloney says, we're not going to do that. No, that wasn't part of the deal. You know, and there's none, we're protecting our own, and and the realization, you know, because, and that's also the realization you say, they're only turning over Superman because Superman said they could. Right. And it is collusion. And that, I mean, although, you know, I thought, but there is the nod back with the drone, this is one of your drones. You are not going to find right, out where I end. live. Right. But he gives away too much information. I grew up in Kansas. I'm like, oh, really? So did they not then go, Kansas? Okay, 33 year old people in Kansas. 33 Kansas. And Zahn attacked him in Smallville. So he's probably in Smallville. How many other. <laughs> down to about 16. <laughs> you know. Now what we have to find is the dark haired ones. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. You know, so. Um, yeah. I, there were there were a lot of callbacks to me for from uh, uh, Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the especially the the scene where Zod comes out of his ship. No, and, it, it does yeah. honor to sci-fi. There's there's a lot. It of does honor to the sci-fi genre, and so it's a it's it was a very different approach. 
I, I liked it. I miss Henry Cavill has the possibility, has the potential of being the being a good Superman. Look, part of the reason people had an issue with Superman Returns too is no one is going to replace Christopher Reeve because Christopher Reeve came out of nowhere and was and Superman. owned the part. Yeah, owned it. Yeah, even. In bad Superman movies in three and four, which I still say the best five minutes of Superman on film are in Superman three when he fights the bad version of himself. Yeah, and has that. I mean, I, I still think that sequence in a piece of crap movie around it. Yeah, Superman four doesn't quite have any of those moments, but I appreciate the effort with with the exception of well, I won't go into it. He rises above most of the matter in those movies, though. Yeah. It's, he, he is still a great Superman character yes. in a plot that really should never have been released. Yes. Yeah. Yes, whereas this is Henry Cavill is growing into the part, which I'm okay with, yeah. because I think one of the things is, you know, by the end of this movie, it is setting up that, just like if I may flashback to another superhero movie that I think got misunderstood, the Seth Rogen Green Hornet. That is not a movie about... The Green Hornet as we knew it, it was about that guy three or four years before we saw the super smooth Green Hornet. Uh-huh. And when you look at it from that perspective, though people have a lot of problem with the pot and the and the swearing in it, I get that. And so I still think this is not it's not a Superboy story, but it is a Superman's first trial by fire and from here on out, and that's why maybe it'll be a little easier in Justice League, where it's you know, an ensemble what's the threat uh, you know, rumor has been a couple times that, well, who's big enough to bring them together has got to be Darkseid. Well, if you're going to do that, Warner Brothers, you better do it before Avengers 2 and 3 gets to Thanos because, because they're essentially the same, character. the same character. Uh, but you can yeah. do it. You can do it. Right. And there was the other thing about the, I made the joke about the Nazi scientist for Zod. That was Desaad. You yeah. idiots, why did you blow Desaad yes. yes, before you actually had Desaad on the table? Yeah. And that's where I get really, fr- you know, you didn't have to. It could have been just any scientist. I didn't need something that specific yeah. with the Kryptonians because you've got Zod, for God's sake. You've got Feora. You did not need anything else. Right. It, it's like, I'm sorry, at least the Spider-Man movies just realize you don't need the Sinister Six in the first <laughs> episode, you morons. So, Warner Brothers, this is my plea. Yes, Greenlight a second Superman movie. Uh, with Henry Cavill, yes, put him in a Justice League movie and do it quick. Move, move quickly because we're hungry for it. If you trust that people will, will do it. I mean, because we mentioned, I, I don't know if you've noticed this. Have you gone into Target lately? Yeah, I was there. Yes. Okay. Have you seen how much Justice League crap? I actually didn't you know, go into the toy section. No, it's not in just in the toy section. Where? It's in the summer barbecue section because they've got Justice League plates. They've got. Fold, uh, folding chairs, you know, portable chairs for Justice League members. I bought the, bananas in an anniversary You card. went to the wrong po- portion. You gave your wife bananas for your no, anniversary. What the hell? You say, I love you, Zira. Uh, <laughs> but, but her name is Debbie, Rick. Her name is Debbie. Thank you, Derek. Okay. But, um, so, but this, is tar- this is Warner Brothers' plan, is to get... It's actually kind of ingenious because Marvel didn't do this. Is they're getting everybody aware of the Justice League, uh, and Target is also selling it. If you go into the toy department, that's where you get all the extensive 
uh, super DC superhero toys because Justice League toys are only being sold at Target. But they have their logo out there. They're putting it all over the stores so that you see it in a, in a variety of different products that are not necessarily toy-related, though there are plenty of toys yeah. that are Justice League. So everybody goes, oh, Justice League, Justice League. Right. But, but the reality is, look, Warner Brothers, whether you paid attention to it or not, you had the best animated team series because this is where Marvel screws up. They're floundering like crazy. That's why you have an Agents of Smash, and you they canceled their Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, because they want to do Avengers Assemble. They don't freaking know what they're doing in the yeah. animation area. They didn't have to do that. So in their Avengers you Assemble. already have a generation that grew up knowing who the Justice League are. Yeah. Marvel's impressive feat was most people had no idea who the Avengers were, and they pulled it off. You have a generation that does know exactly who they think the Justice League are, and they want to see Superman, they want to see Batman team up, they want to see Green Lantern, and they want to see Jon Stewart. I'm sorry, Mr. Reynolds, I liked you, but the general public wants to see Jon Stewart. Because it was the Not character. the host of Daily Show. They want... <laughs> well, he's off for eight weeks. Yeah. You know uh, what? You know, I, I'm just thinking about this. What would you think about this? Maybe we should pitch this to Warner. That but I'll pitch like it to long. you first. Yeah. Short live action movies, fifteen minutes long. At the end or beginning of a longer movie. What movie are you going to tie that to? I don't know. Put it, put like a Flash movie before Batman. Put like a Wonder well. That's Woman what Marvel before, talked about doing. Before that was uh, a, that was a rumor. That was a rumored Marvel plan. But in order to do that, Rick. That can't it can't exist in a vacuum because if you've got only fifteen minutes of a short film, the whole thing has been leaked a year before. Well, yeah. Um, but the other thing is, in order to put say a short Flash movie in front of the next Batman film, you have to have a plan for your next freaking Batman film. I know, I know. And they don't have a plan, so go to Justice League. I because I don't need an origin story for any of them. Oh no, I'm just helping them figure out what they're doing wrong ahead of the Justice League movie. You know, just. Get, no, show me get the team. Some feedback. Show me the team, and then give me a Wonder Woman. Yeah, you know, then give me a Flash. Movie. Okay. All right. I because think I think at the at at the size of these blockbusters, our summer movies have become honestly the level of what cartoons are. A kid tunes into a cartoon. If I sit down right now and watch, which I think is still a pretty brilliant show, Ben Ten. I grasp the concept. I don't even have a theme song anymore that. that tells me what's going on with that. There used to be cartoons Does that did that, that explained, you know, right, you know, this is, boom, you just go into Ben 10. Now, when I watch it with my kids, I have to ask which one of the Ben 10 series is this and what is the difference. Right. But that's because I want to know. I think the average person sitting down and goes, oh, this Ben 10's pretty entertaining. Oh, that's an interesting power. Yeah, I guess he's got when, that all the time. And even when they did live action movies for Ben Ten, they didn't they didn't arduously go back and tell the tell the origin. They assumed you'd watch the cartoon. But you know who's done that before? Zack Snyder in The Watchmen. Don't call it The Watchmen. <laughs> it's through the <laughs> especially with your legs spread apart, where I can totally just kick you in the nuts um, with Watchmen, right? And yeah. I, I think the challenge—it's a challenge. It's a bold move. Just go ahead and tell tell a Justice League story and let the audience figure out the different characters if they don't know them. Yeah, yeah. He handled the team well. Yeah. 
I mean, you had a good template with Watchmen, but you could have a good tem- template with Justice League. You don't even need Darkseid. You could go with that same original ridiculous story of why they got together in the first place. Although Star of the Conqueror would be awesome. Uh, but you could have those seven different warlords from different planets that are... I still like that story with the uh, the White Martians coming after John I Jones. would love that. That's And Batman is just so awesome in that. You know, the only backstory you'd have to add is you, you would have to explain why Batman knows who the White Martians are. No. Hey. But you could still do something like it. He could figure out. Yeah, he, he could, could figure out, out their Martians just like book. this Martian Manhunter. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah I, oh, I, I, would, I would love that because, again, you prove the biggest badass of them all is Batman. Batman. And, and DC knows that. I mean, Warner Brothers knows that. They know that Batman's a cash cow. Yeah. But again, Superman's proven to be. So we're hungry for it. Let's let's wrap up on this. This yep. has been a very long conversation about it. Longer than I anticipated. I've enjoyed it. You, I have too. Uh, you can you can start listening again if you didn't want the spoilers. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is where it is. Um, oh, I have to go to work in the morning. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was it. So you can indeed. Let me uh, give you a heads up again. We'll have Nate back next episode. I promise. Because, man, I miss... He wanted to be part of this I, I miss talking with him. Uh, I mean, I talk with him outside of the podcast, but I like having him sit here. Nothing has happened. It's just, this is scheduling. Sorry. Um, the guy's getting married. In a yeah, while. you know, exactly. And, he had to go to and he's rich to the Macy's and at... Uh, Crate and Barrel. I think, uh, I think Crate and Barrel, you know, yeah. I, I, my gift to him was that I was not going to crash the wedding. Uh, <laughs> Very really thoughtful more, of you. It's really more of a gift to Tiffany. Yeah. Uh, or I'll say, to, as he said to me, uh, the gift I'm going to give him is the most valuable gift of all, my friendship. No, uh, you know, anyway. But uh, you can, of course, listen to us on iTunes. Please rate us. Please subscribe to us. Tell your friends. Listen to us on the Stitcher app. Uh, you may have noticed I've been one thing I've been able to do the last couple of weeks is get... Uh, Amazon links up uh, associated with the things we've talked about in the podcast, so we have that. Please, if you feel the urge to read something we've talked about or going back and get one of those earlier films, uh, not Superman 4, I, I can't recommend that, but but other things. Um, I, I should have that page up in a day or two in which you can then uh, you know follow through on Amazon and we get a little kickback, yes. Like we the appreciate Facebook that. page. And, like us on and drop Facebook us a line page. as to what you liked or didn't like about Follow us on Twitter. This. Uh, well, I did get an email from Ashley Vakava, and I'll read that ah, next week. Okay. So we'll get that hey, into a formal, formal back in. So, Ashley, we have not forgotten about you. Thank you for your support and for writing in. And so, um, uh, yeah, again, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw. And I'm Rick Bretsnyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird 
It's a plane. No, it's Derek McCall with the Fanboy Planet that was podcast. Pretty, no, was that pretty bad? That that's that's like it was unenthusiastic. That was like <laughs> Christopher Walken on Nembutal. Okay, I'll try it. Again. it. I'll try <laughs> it. Listen again. up, fanboys. There's a reason why we're doing it this way. Okay, you want to just do listen up, fanboys? Yeah, yeah. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet podcast special edition. You like that part? That was fine. That one over here? <laughs> Want me to do I it was, again? No, I was doing the number. This is a special edition because... It-